to our Dr. Supercoach Round 4 review. I'm joined again this week by Peter. How was your week, Peter? Hey, everybody. Um, it wasn't too bad. I scored 2067, which moved me up into 18,398. So I moved up uh, 5K. Nice. Um, unfortunately for me, I did cop some um, injuries already. Again, uh, it's basically been a season of injuries with um, Johannesson in my team, Smartin in my team, and Gray in my team, um, but we'll touch on those a bit later. How did you go? Um, oh, I, I did exceptionally well. I scored 2,141, um, now ranked 8,552, and I jumped up about 10,000 ranks this week. Um Unlike you, I've gone the other way. I've avoided Johannesson, avoided Steph Martin. I don't have Crouch, never did. I don't have Gray. Um, I seem to have hit all the hot spots this week whilst everyone else sort of stumbled over the blocks. I did actually, I did field Papley, so that's my little um, my little angry spot this week. But um, yeah, we'll touch on that more later. Um, straight into it, how Johannesson, four-month injury, he's he's rubbed out for just about the season. Um, uh, the different emotions showed from when this happened. It was Johannesson running, kicking a goal from about 55 metres out. And I was like, crap, why don't I start this guy? Why don't I put him in my team? What, what was my trading like? And then to watch him pull up like he did about three seconds later, I was like, oh, geez. <laughs> Thank God I didn't start him in my team or trade him in. Um, you you own the guy. What are you thinking of Dawn? Um, definitely have to trade him. I mean, look, they're saying up to four month injury. That's basically the whole season. So, <coughs> sorry, we've uh, prepared a few people to look at for about replacements for him because I can't imagine anybody's going to hold him. No. So, um, yeah, should we get the list started? Yep. Um, first of all, at the top of the list, we're ranking them. Right, we'll go first on price, and sure, 448k. He has dropped already this season with an average of 90. Um, if you have the cash to go up to him, he seems like probably maybe not the best pick, but probably the most reliable, I'd say. Um, would you consider sure? I uh, definitely would consider him. Um, I was pretty happy that I didn't own him going into the fourth quarter of, last, of the last match, but uh, unfortunately for me, he managed to score about 32 or something in that last quarter to get up to a respectable or semi-respectable score of 70. I would have loved him to have kept under 50, um, but fortunately it wasn't to be. But it's okay. Uh, I think you can definitely pick him just pretty safely if you wanted. Yeah, if you've got the money and you, you're looking... I mean, you picked Joe, JJ as a consistent 80-plus scorer and Heathrow offers that probably more of a 100-plus, but... Hasn't showed it much so far this year, so we can't really say that confidently. Um, but yeah, nevertheless, he's a very safe option. A um, couple of Richmond boys. We've got Rance, who's at 531k, averaging 109.5 already this season. And Huey, who's 10k more, is 541 because of his massive score a couple of weeks back. And he's averaging 101. Um I'd prefer Rance of these two. He's a little bit cheaper, that, but that's not why. I think he has a way higher ceiling and probably a little bit more consistency than Huli. Um, would you consider either of these guys? I like both these players as a pick. They both seem to be quite inconsistent and they both seem to have uh, quite high highs. So there's not you know much of muchness uh, in there. Both of them seem to be good picks. And I don't think you can really go wrong 
Uh, they'll both be right at the top of defenders at the end of the day. So flip a coin and pick one is what I'd say. Yep. Um, they're on the same tier as, as Heathstraw with um, reliability. Maybe maybe Heathstraw's got a little bit more consistency in him. Um, next pick, who I started the season with, Rory Laird at even cheaper than those three, 516k. He's already up to 100.8 average and incredibly consistent to start the year, especially considering Crows are... I mean, they've blown a couple of teams out, well, namingly Port Adelaide, but Laird just... He seems to find the possessions every single game. Um, consideration for Laird? I love Laird. I think he will probably be my pick uh, when I do have to get rid of Johannesson this week if I decide to upgrade. Um, he has shown he's quite consistent. As you said, he gets lots of the ball, and he doesn't really seem to have a downside. Uh, I know there's probably downsides for most defenders, but Laird just yeah looks like a really, really good pick. Um, yeah. I should just mention my computer seems to have started to upgrade to Windows 10 uh, without my knowledge, so I've lost my sheets and research. <laughs> so I'm going to be... The show must go on, so I'll be, uh, I guess, going off my own knowledge for the rest of the podcast. That's right. You're going in blind. I'll try and give you most of the stats. Um, well, that's the most expensive defenders. That's if you've got a little bit of banking there and you're looking to upgrade... Um, if you don't have any bank yet, which is quite unfortunate, but for whatever reason, if you're upgrading another player this week as well, um, players that are priced around his price are Bartel for starters. He's at 454k, averaging 85.3. You are an owner of Bartel. Would you recommend people to get him in? I wouldn't get him in now. I think he's just... He's not scoring how I was hoping. I thought he'd be a lot more consistent above 90 scores. I think he's only got one above 90, and that was 110, um, not last week or the week before. Um, well, not this week or the week before. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he just doesn't look like he's going to get there as a defender. I think he might get consistent 80s, but probably not someone I look to start into, start, would, would trade to this week. No, it doesn't seem like a like-for-like like trade. Um, the next is Grant Birchall. He's 453k, averaging 88.8. He had a good game on the weekend, 102, and looked really sprightly. Um, in that Hawthorne outfit, though, gosh, they can be consistent. Even, like, even the running defenders can somehow fall into one of those playing-from-behind, defending, punching sort of roles. Um, Birchall's been in incredibly inconsistent over his career would you consider him as a pick I wouldn't again as you said just the inconsistencies uh, he, there's Gibbo that was out um, so maybe he got a little bit more love just because Gibbo was out yep. I personally really don't like Birchall as an option uh, he hasn't been good over the past you know, couple of years as in he, he's never really taken it to the next tier of um, top tier of backline Primos. He's always kind of teased people who have selected him. I think he'll fall into that category again and probably sit at about you know, the 85, 86 average mark, which isn't really enough. It's kind of, you know, D6 worthy. And I think if you're going to, at this stage of the season, get rid of Johannesson, you're probably going to want one of those top tier guys. Yeah, I agree. Um, like you said, he, he tends to tease his players. And uh, I just cringe watching those Hawthorne games when I own one of their players because they can just be so in and out it's ridiculous um, 
Next one, a bit of a curvy one, Jasper Pittard. Now, he scored a couple of 90s and today was able to get, or yesterday or whenever the hell you listen to it, Sunday he was able to get into the 118 mark. He was the only one that really looked like he wanted to be out there for Port Adelaide today, whenever you're listening. Um, I, I don't mind him as a pick. He scored 118. You won't like him because he does seem like he'll be very inconsistent. He's averaging 95.8 so far this season. Um Give us your thoughts. Well, you're the Port Adelaide man, so I'll trust your words with what you what you say about him. Um, as you said, I'm not the biggest fan of inconsistent players. Um, I like the slow and steady, just you know, you know what you're going to get type players. But hey, I'll trust what you say about him. If it's worth well consideration, then I'll listen to your thoughts. Well, I'll take that as a compliment. Um, Look, I'll, I'll back Pittard to average more than 90 this year. We really look for him coming out of defence, and Broadbent's had his colours lowered a little bit so far this season, but Pittard seems to be that consistent drive out of defence that even if we're getting hammered, he still he still finds the ball, and, or especially if we're getting hammered, apparently. Um, yeah, I, I think he's a, a bit of a trustworthy pick as well, but for Johannesson, I'd still look to get those premium defenders in. Um if you really don't have the cash, I think Pittard's a bit of a the pick of the the bunch that we just named there, Bartel and Birchall. So, yeah, maybe maybe have a bit of an inside look. Um, we will we will mention uh, Port Adelaide's draw later, but I think if you do go with Pittard, you probably uh, won't regret it for at least in the short term. Oh yeah, short term gain looks very very good. Um, Elliot Yo. 433k averaging 89 now he's in this next tier of little curvy picks that people aren't really considering um he notched up a 40 in his second game but other than that it's been all 90 plus for yo including a 120 i believe this week um, i'm gonna say 126 but i didn't have my notes so no i think that's spot on <laughs> mate so you're going in blind and you still you still know more than me um <laughs> So yeah, no, I really like Elliot Yo as a pick, and he's at a discounted price due to that forty where he just couldn't find the ball. Um, what do you think about Yo? I actually strongly considered him to start the season, so I was a bit disappointed when he started with a ninety-five. I think it was, I think it was a ninety-five, and in round three, I think he got ninety-two and yep. one hundred twenty-six last week. So he's been pretty consistent besides that one forty. Um, Pritis was out, which did mean he was. Definitely got more midfield time, a little bit of a bonus uh, for him from the match against Richmond. But I still think he's a pretty good solid pick for the rest of the year. He, he will be a bit of a yo-yo type player. Yeah, and, again. Um, <laughs> it, was too, it was too easy. I had to go for it. Sorry. But I still think he, he's going to be a decent pick. And probably you, you won't be too sad if you pick him up, especially at this price. It's quite generous at the moment. For JJ, I mean, he he doesn't he doesn't yell, scream, jump out of the page of you for consistency like JJ would, but I still do like him as a pick. And I don't know his percentage by heart, but I think even even if it's just trading in this week, I think he'll be a little bit of a POD um, at a discounted price as well. So you'll save twenty k doing that. Um, our last little smoky owned by two percent of teams. You love this bloke, Jared McVeigh. Now he's he's priced all the way up at five forty two k. Did only score eighty two in his return game. He has West Coast next week, which is a tough one. But I mean, he 
he's a, he has to be a reliable pick. He always has been. Um, what are your thoughts on McVeigh? As you said, I love McVeigh. He just basically the way Sydney have been operating the last few years. Um, got, they they basically get the ball to the player that is running off the halfback. They get that ball into the hands of the good users, and then they set up their attack from that player. And I think McVeigh. We'll see more next week when they play at the SCG. I think they'll be using McVeigh um, as a path into the forward line and hitting up targets. So it'll definitely be interesting. I'll be watching him um, very very keenly. Uh, next week and hopefully we see them putting it into his hand pretty much at every opportunity and using his um, efficient kicking into the forward 50 to hit up some targets which would lead to some decent scores for McVeigh and in the past he's gone roughly 100 average for quite a few seasons so you know I can't really see him falling away from that too much. What do you reckon? Would you, being an owner of Johannesson, if you had the extra cash there, would you consider going to McVeigh this week? I'd probably watch this week to see what happens and what role they use him in. I'm assuming it's going to be the role that I just talked about, in which case I would get him. But always, you know, safety first. We'll uh, wait and see, wait one week and um, see if he can put up the goods. Yep, so if you are willing to hold Johannesson for a week knowing that his price won't change, actually it's probably set for an increase anyways, but... If you are willing to hold Johannesson, if you have solid bench cover like Tip and Woody sitting on the bench scoring your tons, um, then it could be worth holding out, waiting to see what McVeigh pulls out next week at the GSGG, well, that could, is. You could just down, downgrade JJ for this week and then upgrade to McVeigh next week through another rookie. Yep, that's true. Um, so no matter how you do it, I think McVeigh's a, a definitely a looking, considering he's only in 2% of teams, um, Let's hope not too many people jump all over him too quickly and he stays as a, a bit of a POD for us. Um, now, that's that's Johannesson. Oh, and otherwise, if you are thinking of going down to a rookie, we will talk about them later, but there are quite a few bubble rookie defenders, but that's only advised if you're going to upgrade straight away in another position, otherwise you'll leak too many points. Um, next player, Steph Martin, now was laid out, and I mean, this is... Potentially the biggest bump I've seen in years. It was massive. It actually, I think it was up at the Gabba. I shuttered from my my house, my windows, everything had a bit of a shutter on it. So, I mean, this was huge. Stephen May would definitely miss weeks. But do you think Steph Martin's a chance to miss this week? I think watching that footage, I think you'd have to say he's a chance at missing uh, next week. You know, they'll, they'll assess him. Fortunately, he didn't have to go to the hospital. Um, the club will tell us more news on if he'll play or not, at least before we hear teams, I assume. So we'll know early and we'll be able to trade and if we need to and plan around it. But hopefully, fingers crossed for owners um, like myself that he plays because otherwise it's a sad story. The coach did say afterwards in the press conference that I think he directly referenced to the player that retired due to concussion and said that they would treat it carefully knowing that they've already lost the player to concussion. Um, that is worrying. It is very worrying. Come on, um, Clark. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, if he does end up copping a rest, you almost have to trade him due to due to the fact that you, you'd be copping a zero otherwise unless you've got, like, Mason Cox might come in. Um Assuming you will have to trade and you don't have anyone like Cox for cover, 
Um, I've well, if you've got the money, and you didn't start with him. Look no further than Goldstein, who, God, he's going to have another price rise this week. He's at six hundred and eighty k. He's averaging one hundred and twenty eight point five. Whoever thought he was going to drop at the start of the season? Craziness. Um, well, Goldie's the obvious one. We don't really need to talk too much about him. Um, obviously, yeah, Goldie, you agree? Definitely. Um, you'll need a bit of cash, though, unfortunately, because Goldie's come out so strong. Um, the next two, Nick Nat and Gorn, they're separated by about 20k. Nick Nat's 550, Gorn is 576. Um, Nick Nat's averaging 111, Gorn 114. Um, both of these just look like real solid selections. I'd, I'd do own Nick Nat. I'd kind of err uh, closer to his side because Gorn's relying on that 172 for his average and price, but I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, you pick his preference kind of thing. Yeah, definitely a coin toss there as well. I think um, Gorn probably, by the looks of him, looks more secure in that he doesn't get rested as much. I mean, that knew he got parked on the bench for quite a yeah, long time on the weekend. Just very long time. Yeah, they were winning by so much. So, you know, it's what you prefer. And that knew he, when he's on the ground, is one of the highest points per minute type players and um, Gorn just gets a lot of minutes on the ground and he does pretty well usually so yeah personal yeah. preference um, yeah backing your your preferred player in that instance um, now Mumford has started the season extremely strong um, I'm not going to go through his numbers because I just I don't think he's pickable um, yeah he's going to score well and he's going to be one of the highest ruckmen but chances of him getting injured are just enormous like he, he almost almost mark up a trade getting him in and mark up a trade getting him out. Um, do you have similar thoughts? Yeah, definitely. It's one of those fool me, fool me once type things, fool me twice, shame on me. It's You can't do it to yourself. You you know he's going to miss games at some stage. He always does. So as you said, it's just wasting a trade getting him in and then wasting a trade getting him out. If you wanted him, you probably should have started him and hoped for the best, but not somebody I would trade to now, especially when there's other solid options in Gorn and Nick now. Yep, I agree. Um, well, they're your options for Steph. I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't advise going any anyone other than a premium, and they they seem to be the pick of the bunch. Um, next up is Crouch. We didn't talk about him last week because it was it was just looking like a one week injury. Now that he's ruled out for two to three, um, I think there are only two directions you can go here. I wouldn't go to any other mid prices. So if you've held him, I'd look at going to one of the back. Uh, rookies that have come through through some sort of switching around and we all have DPP players at this point um, or I'd go up to a premium player um, one of your choice whichever you have money for really um, are you in a similar similar type boat? Yeah I think you have to do one of those two things I guess if you desperately want to downgrade and you don't have the DPP options to be able to swing it around I think you could probably quite safely choose to go to Petrarca, who should come in sometime soon because he's been just dominating in the VFL. Mm. I think that's probably the safest choice there. But as you said, I'd definitely try and work it around so that you could get in the defender or, yeah, just pay pay a bit of cash and get a primo. Yeah, hopefully a swing of um, maybe managerial carriage into the midfield and then Brown or Tipper or Adams or someone like that into the um, forward line does it for you. But... Unfortunately, otherwise you'll be you'll be picking someone that might not be playing for the next week or two. Hopefully, Petrarca does. Like, God, he's looked good. I can't. 
I don't know what long uh played in long mile. I don't know what Paul Ruse is doing, but playing that kid in the VFL reserves is uh, not the reserves. Playing him in the VFL is it's wasted talent at the moment. He's killing it down there. Well, when Melbourne's winning, it's going to be hard to you know drop someone out of that side. No, oh, yeah. Well, they're not beating much competition, mate. Thank you. Yeah, I'm well aware. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was that was right there. Um, now there was a bit of a sly knock behind the play. Robbie Gray could be in trouble for this one. Um, now, if he only gets suspended for a week, which we're thinking it probably will be, um, you'd have to hold. I mean, bench covers few and far between at the moment, especially in the midfield, but you'd have to hold for a week. Uh, agree with that? I think it really depends on your bench cover. I'd always say if it's one week, like definitely hold. But the bench cover, if you have Gresham, Dunkley and Hewitt on your bench and you just don't oh. have cover, and I know some people are in that situation, then you don't really have much of a choice. Like you can't, yeah. If you're going to cop a donut, you're going to have to trade him. Yeah, that's, yeah. Unfortunate. Um, in that case, um, and even if he misses two weeks and you, you get a bit of an itchy finger and even though you do have, say, Davis or someone like that as cover and you don't want to play them, um, you, especially if you're leaking points as it is with all the other injuries and such, um, I'd go, I mean, there's not much discussion. I'd just go to another proven primo. You don't really want to get smart with it. You don't want to pick any any sort of lower options. You want to get Pendles, Pritis, Hannas, even Zaharakis, one of those players that you know is going to churn out those big scores for you all year. If you maybe miss Dangerfield or Gaz, they're obvious options, Fife even. Um, yeah, would you would you just go with this safe pick? Look, we're going to have to talk about Zaharakis here. There's no way to escape it anymore. We've been tiptoeing around it, you know, <sighs> saying maybe, maybe, but it's... It's after another 129, <sighs> we're going to have to talk about it. I don't have him, man. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> He's been killing our ranking just by, I guess, being stubborn. <laughs> well, I, I'm, ranked, I'm ranked 8,000-something, and I, f- am f- I fully believe that if I picked Zaharakis instead of another whatever I did, mid shield or someone, then I'd be well up in that top top grand, grand even. Um Ah, I don't have him or Merritt. Zaharakis is averaging 123.8. Merritt is averaging 116.8. And ah, they they just both look exceptional. I've expected them to slow down. Zaharakis only scored 102 last week, and I was going, all right, here we go. Pull out a 90 or an 80 next week, and everyone will get burnt. Um, same with Merritt, scored 99 last week. And then this week, they've both come out with 120s, and it's just unbelievable. They're, they're playing exceptionally. And if that doesn't scare you, next week they play Collingwood, and the week after they play Carlton. Oh, two gosh. very winnable games for Essendon at the moment. So they could be in for two sets of you know big scores each, and that's just killer for those that don't have them. And Zaharakis, if you were ever going to pick him, it would be for an Anzac Day clash, wouldn't it? Please, I still have recurring nightmares about that. <laughs> I, I forget I talk to a Collingwood supporter sometimes. Um, yeah. they're both, they both just look so, so solid. And we're past the point of saying, no, they'll probably drop off. They won't average. They're, they're looking great. You, If you can get them in for whatever injured anyone that you're trying to get out then or upgrade, um, then they're both good picks. I'd, 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 yeah, I wouldn't have an issue with choosing either of them. Yeah, I mean, I would say... Buyers beware, you know, maybe they'll drop off later in the year. 
But you know what? Maybe they won't. <laughs> Maybe they will continue to be great picks for the rest of the season. And yep. uh, look, I made a bet at the beginning of the year with one of my Essendon friends. He said that Zarakis would average 105, and I laughed. And I said, I'll bet you, you know, 20 bucks. He won't. Uh, oh. Actually, it was 10 bucks. I don't want to stiff myself out of another 10 dollars. Uh, 100. I'm like, he won't average 100. And uh, he took me up on it. And I'm looking like a very Pay small loser now. already. Pay up now. It's not good. <laughs> um, I will say this as a bit of a disclosure. Even though Zaharakis is averaging seven more points, I still think Merritt's the better pick, especially considering he's, he's forward eligible. Um, Zaharakis, I feel like he when he does drop off, then the drop-off will be so much worse considering he's a midfielder and he'll drop past all those other premiums rather than Merritt if he drops off to, say, 100, which, I mean... It doesn't really look like he's going to. Um, he'll still be among those top ten forwards. So, um, does that make sense? Yeah, no, definitely. If you if the pick of the bunch, I think would be Merritt, as you said. He's. I can't see him not being a top six forward at this stage. So, yeah. you know, if you can get him now before Collingwood and Carlton, then do do so. He's at Aaron Hall and Johannesson stages where they were in the first couple of weeks and like you had to trade them in. Right now, Merritt looks like he's going to be the cheapest he's going to be for a while. So, yeah, massive, massive upgrade target or if you've got an injured player somewhere. Um, now, with money, we've t- spoken about all this money, but how are we going to get it? Um, Papley's break-even is all the way up to 62 now. I think it's time that we cut him down and count our count our little margin of profit there and move on. Yeah, I think you have to. He's, he's a chance to get dropped as well, um, so probably time to move on there and just take take the little coin. It'd be a bit of a laugh if you got dropped for Hewitt. <laughs> I wouldn't mind so much. No, um, another or another. Get cover. <laughs> um, but yeah, I reckon Papley's a massive downgrade option this week and. The options that you do have, um, I'm going to say them in my order of preference and I'll let you reorder them if you want. I've got Darcy Byrne-Jones with a break-even of negative 85. Um, I'll talk about a bit about them last, but then I'd put Ruggles with negative break-even of 57, negative 57. Wagner with negative 51 for Melbourne and Byrne with negative 61 for Carlton. They've all played two games, they're all on the bubble Reason I have Burn Jones up top, um, not just because he scored higher this week, but the way that he played uh, as a Port fan, it's no bias either. Um, him, I think, uh, Pittard and there was one other player are the only players this week that we can honestly say like actually showed up to the ground and wanted to play football. Um, that goes a long way with Ken. He likes honest players, and Burn Jones was honest today. I reckon he's got at least another fortnight in him. And, I mean, his scoring potential seems like it's between 70 and 80 somewhere. Um, the 97 was a good score today, but I, I really back Burn Jones in to make a lot of cash before he thinks about leaving that side. Um, uh, would you order them any differently? Maybe slight vari- variation. Uh, um, I think I would put... Uh, I think it's Kieran Byrne in front of uh, Wagner. Yeah. Just because Carlton, you know, they probably want to get some games into him. Or if not, if he is dropped, he can be back into that side at any stage just because the depth isn't there for Carlton. Whereas I'm not too sure what happens to Wagner once he's dropped, how he works his 
his way back into that side. So I think maybe for a bit of safety, I would uh, go with the Carlton man. Um, Besides that, I'd definitely go with DBJ, as you said, as Port number one pick out of those four options. And then Ruggles, while he's holding his spot, seems to be a decent option. (laughs) I mean, it's a bad option if he loses his spot. But yeah, uh, yeah, definitely would would probably go in uh, Port Adelaide, DBJ, Ruggles, Burn, and then Wagner for me. Yep, um, I'll talk a little bit about them a, a little bit more. Um, now, I believe Ruggles is in Jordan Murdoch's spot. I don't know if he's back yet. Would you happen to know? Uh, no, well, he can hold him out of the, the side. I mean, Enright will be back, and so will... Who was the other one? Someone was missing. Who was a laid out? Not sure. Um, but yeah, I think, I think <laughs> Ruggles... Um, uh, the first week he showed real score in potential. He found the footy really easily. He had a score of 70-something or other, 76, 77. Um, and, you know, he looked great. He was The, the footy was just always finding him. Um, big body, mature age type of player. Um, and then last week, this week, sorry, he only scored, I think it was in the 40s. And, I mean, he just came crashing back down to earth. Couldn't find much of the footy. Um had a couple of decent marks, a couple of decent rebound 50s, but I mean, I just, I feel like he's maybe bought himself another week or two, but he's, he's yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not confident in saying that he'll be playing a fortnight from now, whereas with Burn Jones, I am. So um, that's the little difference between those two. Wagner, I did watch play today and he... I mean, in the warm-ups, he looked great. In the They did a little pre-match thing, and they showed him, and he looked great. Um, in the game, he was just a little bit um, very, like, tried to just get the ball, ball on the foot. He looked a bit nervous during the game, but he was pretty clean with his possession, and I think he looked quite impressive. He scored in the 70s. I think it was 76 by memory. And, I mean, he looked composed. He looked like a decent running small defender. Um, I like I liked Wagner, and... Burn, I just in a play in a team like Carlton that are going to get absolutely slacked more weeks than any. Um, sorry, Houston. Um, <laughs> twice we've had to apologise for him for Carlton references. Um, yeah, I don't really back Burn to score that uh, enough to make him enough coin to justify his pick over the other three. Um, so yeah. Ben Jones would be my pick of the two, if not Ruggles, if you, if you, I mean, the 20k is decent as well, so if you need the 20k for anything, like a, I know a couple of people that do, then Ruggles certainly isn't a bad pick at all. Yeah, definitely, I think that 20k is a little bit of a kicker for, for a couple of trades for a few people, so. I know someone that had, that yeah, he had the, the 20k would have been a difference between Dangerfield and a, another, like, just a lower premium in the midfield, so. Yeah, something like that. So, I mean, if you need the 20K, then by all means, Ruggles is a decent pick. Um, right now, we're just speculating on whether they'll come in or out of the tide. So, um, no real concrete evidence. Now, the the players that have, have been thrown around a little bit that you probably should hold, um, starting with Brown, he's break-even still down at 16. I, I can justify holding him for another couple of weeks. Who would you say he was versing in the next two weeks? Oh, they have Collingwood and then Carlton. So, you know, Mitch Brown, if he goes forward, could kick quite a few goals, I reckon. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely don't get rid of him now. Just just wait it out for two more weeks at least and then play it by it. Yeah, he's got a bit more cash to generate. Um, 
Menadju's is up to 34, but I mean, he's still scoring in the 50s and he looks good enough to score in the 60s or 70s, so I reckon he'll hold his spot and I reckon he'll, um, he'll eclipse that 34 as well this week. I think he's got D's for memory this week, so he's got a good chance of doing well um, and, you know, resetting his break-even to something low so he can, yep. you know, build for the next couple of weeks. So give him another week. Don't don't chop him now. Yeah, one more week at least. Um, a bit of a concerning one is Ben Kennedy. He's is up to 56 now. Um, I reckon he'll get close to that this week. Hopefully he whips out another 100-plus, but, I mean, if he does score around that 60 mark, he's one to cull next week. Yeah, I mean, if there's one team looking worse than Collingwood at the moment, it's definitely Richmond. <laughs> so hopefully Ben Kennedy can pop out a ton and, again, reset yeah. his uh, break-even to a low number and build, build more money for us all. Well, if there's any team looking worse than either of those two, it's Fremantle at this point. Oh, I still still back Fremantle to, to go okay, but no, look, I can't rubbish. say that the podcast crew have chosen particularly good teams with you going for Port, me going for Collingwood, Geary for Brisbane, Houston for Blues, and uh, Chizo for Essendon. We managed to Far probably out. Pick, yeah, probably five of the bottom six sides. So um, I reckon this is the only only bunch of people I can say my team is probably looking the best out of all years <laughs> and we're not looking great. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's ugly. a very sad story. <laughs> yeah. Um... Now, this also needs to be addressed. I copped a slacking on Facebook today for my early and premature and very silly comment on Jared Waite, who was only on 13 at quarter time. I potentially said I hope no one fell into that trap. Um, he he came out and he, he killed it for this, the whole other three quarters after he read my post at quarter time and ended with 129, I think. Um He's averaging 137. We keep chopping him down, but at what point do we consider Jared Waite? I, it's hard for me to, again, pride to, to say Jared Waite is an option. I, I can't do it. It's just, it's Jared Waite. How, how, can, <laughs> how, can he, how can he be an option for our forward lines? That's, we can't use that excuse anymore because he keeps churning out no. 120 pluses. He's getting the ball. You know, he's not just kicking goals every week to bump up his score. I mean, he is doing that on top of getting a lot of possessions. Um, he's had quite a few above 20 touches. You know, he's getting the ball. He, he looks like an animal out there. Um, he's doing what he wants, and he's scoring ridiculously well. He's gone up, this is again off the top of my head, like 90K or something, 120K or something yeah. ridiculous. He's very expensive now. Um, and I'm scared that I don't have him and. People are going to get him, and I'm waiting for it to crash and burn, but it's not quite crashing and burning just yet. Bit of a disclosure, um, North Melbourne are undefeated, and unless you expect them to do the rest of the season, Jared Waite surely won't keep putting out these numbers. So We're going to say surely, but he's going to do it now. Yeah, just oh God, he listens to the podcast as well. I reckon he's, he's got it out for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I should just say Waite's going to come out and average 140 for the rest of the year, and he'll, he'll fall over then. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, at the moment, if you've got him, you just ride the hell out of this. Um, I wouldn't fork up the cash to get him in, but, jeez. I mean, if we don't and he keeps going, we're in a bit, a bit of trouble. Let's revisit this next week, and uh, if he scores another one, okay. we'll, um, we'll have a larger discussion, I think. I'll, uh, I'll trade Aaron Hall to him if he scores another one. No, I'm not going to say that, because he's definitely no, got to. No, I'll take that one back. Possibility. 
Um, now, a couple of just a little um, couple of little asterisks. Um, Pendles, he has fallen quite a bit in price, and his break even is one hundred and thirty six. Um, he's he's I think he's down to five fifty k now. Um, he could be a one to look at in the next couple of weeks. Um, you being a Collingwood supporter, how do you look this week? He actually looks like markedly different player. That was because he was playing in the midfield instead of off the back line. So hopefully his ribs are feeling a little bit better and he's going to be continuing as a full-time midfielder, which I hope he does and I think he will. Collingwood also is a very favourable draw um, until like pre-buy or something. We play well. a lot of bottom teams in a row. But as, as I know what you're going to say, <laughs> nothing's favourable when you know, you're sitting at the bottom of the ladder. Yeah, that's correct. And you do make a good point, but Pendlebury, I think, will take a bit of advantage of that, or say a kinder draw. I do agree. Instead. And I think he'll be a solid pick from now on. Um, so definitely, if he's on your radar, he has dropped a little bit already, I would say this is the time to jump on him and get him in. Next week, I'd say, is the very prime time to get in Pendlebury because he will have dropped a, again another little bit um, maybe 15 or 20k depending on how he comes out um, even if he does get up to 136 and matches the break even worst case scenario is he stays at the same price um, yeah I reckon I reckon next week will be the perfect time to I mean if you've got someone um, I don't want to predict injuries but if something happens in your midfield or if you've got upgrade money then yeah it looks like Pendlebury will be at the cheapest um, next week so definitely keep your eye on that um, plus you get to get the uh, Anzac Day medalist into your, into your side oh yeah Zaharakis as well <laughs> oh please no please no not again goal on the siren <laughs> nightmares oh uh, gosh I don't want to don't want to do that to anyone um, next player uh, another one jeez it sounds very Collingwood and Port based this podcast not intentionally it's just that we've got the most interesting players Wingard is at 496k and after our dismal performance in our ability to somehow avoid our forward 50 more than I would have liked to have seen, um, his break-even is 177. He's set to drop another 40 grand, which would set him at about 450 and at 177 break-even, unless he scores a big score, he's going to drop another 40 the week after. So if he gets near that 420k threshold you would love to pick him up um now you don't have it on hand so i'll go through it his next game's at geelong so say he pulls out a 90 maybe then he'll drop 40k and then he's got richmond brisbane carlton then west coast in there but then he has melbourne and collingwood after that so Oh, man, if you're ever going to make an upgrade in your forward line, Wingard could have a very big couple of months after his next game against Geelong, who aren't looking that flashed either, but neither report. So, um, Eyes on Wingard? Yeah, I think next week, if he drops again 40k, I'm just going to get him before that run, maybe maybe the following week after when he drops a little bit more. Yep. Um, look, at that price, assuming he's going to drop a bit more, and that upcoming dream run... He's definitely coming into my side, like 100% guaranteed. And to be honest, he he was one of those players that were exceptional for us today, but he was unlucky enough to just be stuck in that forward line. I mean, he kicked, oh, 
very. He kicked our first two goals of the game when we were actually looking solid, and it was three goals, four or three goals, two or whatever. Um, and he was already up to thirty points in the first quarter, and then we just got absolutely poleaxed, and yeah, you know the story from there. So, I mean, he's in a game where we're competitive or that we're winning, then he's a threat to score a hundred every single game. So. I reckon at 520, 30, whatever he drops to 40k, he'll be a serious, seriously good, cheap bargain upgrade target very early in the season. Yeah, and you know, with that draw as well, I think we talked about Westoff last week. Uh, do you happen to have his price on hand? No. <laughs> and All right, my internet's about... also dropped out, so I'm, I'm almost blind as well now. <laughs> I think it's about 444 off the top of my head around there um, I'll pay that 74 and was going to drop to 444 something around around that and he besides the 25 which he got I think he's got an 89 and a 99 in the following two weeks in um, thrashings as well yeah so 99 today or well, depending where you, when you listen to well this. he was our only um, good player um, he was playing that sweeping defensive role and he was the only player that looked like going near it for the first half at least yeah, I think he's also an option. He's only in 0.8% of teams. Yes, you heard that correctly, 0.8% of teams. Big POD. Um, he's a huge POD. So if you're looking at somebody that could potentially shoot you up the rankings, it could be the Hoff. Big time. Um, and with a beard like that, he's decent enough to look at. Um, <laughs> talking from a bearded man myself. Um, now, that concludes our talking points a bit of an update from last week I did pick Higgins who did get destroyed and Parker destroyed it I think he almost not even the ledger in points but he at least got one back on him and being a 1% period I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one thanks Higgins what did he score this week? Uh, 97 there we go that's a decent showing he was at bloody 60 about 3 minutes into the second quarter so should have been more, but I'll take 97 from a 1% owned player. Um, saw me up the rankings a little bit. Hey? All because you have to say something, Wait got all of his points. Pretty much, yeah. I said something and then Wait had a sit down with Higgins and said, look, mate, you're, um, you're going to have to take a back seat. I'm going to boot a few goals and get 20 possessions. There we go. That's what happened. Appreciate that, Wait. Um, that pretty much wraps it up. I think, unless you've yeah. uh, you've got anything else to add, which I doubt you do. Oh, by the way, if um, Peter got anything wrong, as he heard his Windows update was going on, don't let that be an excuse. If he got anything wrong during the podcast, I expect a roasting in the comments Jeez. everywhere. SoundCloud, iTunes, we're on the Facebook, we've got our website everywhere. There's a little plug for us everywhere as well. Twitter, hit him Jeez, up on Twitter. That is harsh. Um, thanks for that. But, <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. good job, if I man. Get something wrong, then no. I haven't done my due diligence in my research <laughs> uh, so yeah that's fair enough and fair. Uh, hopefully when we talk next time my computer won't shut down and uh, <laughs> Wait and Zaharakis and Merritt all won't have done well and Collingwood would have won and oh it sounds like you're dreaming now <laughs> my life has changed <laughs> <laughs> no but well done we did we did go a bit blind there my internet did drop out and you um, your computer went down so um, good job for still keeping up. Um, yeah, thank you very much for listening again. Um, make sure you tune in this Friday morning for Cheeso and Houston's next podcast, and we'll catch you all this time next week. All right, thanks, guys. See you later. <laughs>